Good morning, good morning, good morning. The last Sunday of August 2020. To think what an honor we have to sit and share the word and come in your home. While we still have all the other services running this morning, from early morning, their services going at our Loftal campuses. And of course, with restricted people, 50 people that can come to the meetings. But thank you for the opportunity that I can share and visit in your home and be part of your family this morning. Now, I had many people ask me, say, we live far, we cannot come, and the distance thing, and people in Africa countries and other countries, can we be part of a media church, a lockdown media church? Now, that never, ever came up in my mind. And I was thinking about that. Yes, you can be part. Send us your detail and your information and how we can help you and what we can do for you. Because at Loftal, we're more than just a church. We are a family. Not a perfect family, but we are a family. And one of the instructions was belong to a family. That's what Jesus is the head of the church. And we his body. Isn't that amazing? Now for the whole of August and before I get there, we also think about Auntie Magdalene's family. She passed away during the night in her sleep and Oh, my word, I was thinking when Anzel told me this morning, what a testimony she had. Now, we bought a hotel in 2008 to rescue the community from teasers. Teasers wants to have a prostitute house for the soccer bit and bring all of the Taiwanese girls in and whoever wants to. And by the grace of God, God helped us because at that time we took children off the streets that... Uh, nine years old that were prostitutes. We had one that the pimp stabbed her with a knife here. And all these kind of things that we do. But before that, Auntie Magdalene and Auntie Baba and everybody was lying in front of the hotel before we had it. And they were spirits drinkers. Oh, my word. But God got hold of her. I remember he saved her. And she was a dignified lady. We built her the first wooden house that we gave her. And uh, of course, there's a few houses that we did for the community to help people. Now, this is a phenomenal mission that we are in. Because I said this morning, she didn't have much. But I mean, a lot of family and stuff. But she had Jesus. She had her spiritual family. And now she's a guest of honor in the presence of God. We also think about Rehan Sibritz and his family who lost their daughter last Sunday. Oh, my word, that was this whole week. This thing was with me in praying and we praying. And uh, I did a funeral. Now, it sounds all the negatives, but I update Wednesday at the Dutch Reformed Church in Friedelist, a young man, 42 years young, that died of brain cancer. Thursday, I did Pastor Nikki, who teach at our Bible school. She died of pancreatic cancer. Now, with all these deaths, and yesterday there was a funeral at Loftal with Auntie Matthews, and all these things that I'm saying, it was graduation day. And that helps us to understand the reason I said all these things. Life is a journey 
Say after me. Say life is a journey. Because most people live as if they're going to live forever. And uh, that's why we need to realize what is the reality of life. Now, it's amazing when I see how people operate and what they do. That's why we spoke this whole of August. Let thy will be done. Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane. And that was the first place where he shed his blood. Why? The first place ever in creation where people violate the will of God, where people use their own minds influenced by an outer force, the devil, <laughs> that um, hand over what God gave them. So in the same place where the mishap happened, Jesus went in Gethsemane and start shedding his blood. Why? So that we can have the mind of Christ and hand our, oh, our will. There's a song and a words we hate to hear as human beings, especially in the time that we live. And, you know, we all want to do it our way. And that word is surrender. Hands up. If you want God's kingdom, people ask me, what's his will? What's his will? For weeks now and for years, I'm sharing the will of God so that you will become more like Jesus. Less of us that people can see Jesus in us. I don't need to carry and tell everybody, hey, I'm a Christian. Now, Jesus made a powerful, powerful statement. And that was one of the things that helped me. He said, by this shall all men know. You don't need to tell them. They will know it. They will see it. That you are my disciples. Not church members only. Not, not Christians. Disciple, a follower, a learner. And somebody else who makes disciples. Who, who teach people and learn them. Because he said, by this shall all may know that you are my disciples, not will be, not one day. Right now, by your love for one another. Wow. So the qualification that I am a true disciple of Jesus is by love. Now, we start speaking last Sunday night about having the mind of Christ to think like Jesus, I need to manage my mind. God gave you the most powerful tool. By splits of seconds, it can accommodate thoughts and store information. Oh, my word. And then God gave you this powerful tool. And that tool is the thing to make the right choices in life. Now, God gave us the ability how to Manage our mind. Say, manage your mind. If you don't manage your mind, something else will manage your mind. And we know the saying, he who controls the mind orders the footsteps. The thoughts that you think the most is the direction your life is going to go. And the devil, the enemy works with the speed of a thought. That's how quick he can work. I need to have the mind of Christ protect me, my mind. And that's one of the most powerful informations. Pastor Veerly 
one of the most generals of the Lord out of Heidelberg, there in Gauteng area, the old Transvaal, sent me a powerful message that he preached. And he opened something up. And I was thinking, why is it that in this time frame that we are living in, we have a model, the perfect model is Jesus that we can follow. And then Peter and Paul and all these disciples, we can follow the models. We can even see through Judas' model <laughs> not to be half-hearted or not only to say <laughs> Savior, but to make him Lord. Now, with all these things going on, why is it? that we have a communities and generations that walks under the title of Christian. South Africa supposed to be a Christian nation, but we don't impact the world. And this is the thing that he, I was asking, and then he sent me late last night this text, and I was thinking about that because out of the book of Revelation, now, uh, Revelation is an easy book. It's the revelation of Jesus. People try to put all kinds of stuff. But just for a matter of interest, what John saw there was so phenomenal. About three spirits came out of the dragon. And he said, like frogs. And <laughs> they are there to intimidate and to deceive God's people. And then the book of Jude, just before Revelation. It's got just one chapter. It tells me about these three spirits, the spirit of Cain and the spirit of Biliam and Balaam and the spirit of Korah. Now, I don't want to talk on that just for to connect where we're going this morning. And uh, he said these three spirits, that's how they operate, but they always lead to destruction. Now we know Paul comes and he says, the battle that we fight as people, the war that we are in, it's not a physical war. It's a spiritual thing because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, <laughs> forces, powers of darkness, Ephesians chapter 6, and it starts there. And sometimes municipalities, <laughs> don't tell the municipality I said that, but he said, we war against spirits. That's why you have the full armor of God. Now, now, just the three names, and then we get into what needs to be done. The, the, the name Cain, or that spirit, is an envy thing. It's a self-gain, self-promoting. That's that spirit. And aren't they operating? Oh, my word operate in the political arena, they operate in Christians' life, they operate in ministers, and, and uh, then the Balaam thing is deception. Deception, a half a truth, is more dangerous than a complete lie. That's what happened in Genesis chapter 3, that the snake convinced Eve to hand over, she convinced Adam, and then they're in trouble because the enemy wants you to touch what God said, don't touch. <laughs> he knows then you need to leave the place of peace and presence and get out of the garden. And that's why it's important just to know these things. And then he said, Korah. Now that was the group that rise up against Moses. 
They stand for rebellion and opposing spirits. That's why you need to know you have the victory. Say, I have the victory. Now, Paul comes and he tells us everything in a very short word about the Christian journey. Now, I'm not serving God because I'm living different than the world. I serve God that I love him. But the world needs to be influenced by the greatest model, the greatest one. There was more books written about Jesus than ever before. The Bible is the best seller on the face of the earth. And that's amazing. And that's why when you understand purpose, I've made a statement during the week in the keys of faith, and thank you for all the response all over the world. And uh, what brings satisfaction in my life as a donkey that Jesus can ride on, as a minister, as a servant of God. So when somebody said, the word you shared helped me through my crisis. The word you said sustained me. The word you preach out of the word. Now, it's not me, it's God's word. Help me to overcome this battle and to bring my thoughts back into alignment with God's assignment. That's what the lockdown is about. It's not a punishing. <laughs> it's not God ordained that. God never ordained calamity. But he warned us. Oh, in Matthews, he warned us of pestilence and, air and floods and earthquakes that will come. He said, but don't worry, it's not the end yet. <laughs> Listen, all these things, but out of the chaos, God always brings something. Have you seen a diamond? Do you know diamond is a coal or something that went under pressure and heat and for ages under the earth? And then the beautiful diamond came. Oh, my word, I had a three-diamond carrot ring that... Um, the Ramachai people gave me when I was preaching in Pennsylvania. That's uh, no, it's a slang word actually to say the gypsies. They gave me a solid three carat diamond ring. And I was preaching in Paris, France, and we want to build an orphanage here and years ago and ask everybody, do you know of somebody? Because I believe I sow where I want to go. <laughs> and this is a time not to hold back. This is a time to get vicious. This is a time to, to use your resources for the kingdom of God. You can never outgive God. So what happened was, I was in Paris, France. We had a driver there. He had one arm that he used and one leg. And I said, I prayed more because he doesn't stop at traffic lights and, and roundabouts, the traffic circles. I said, oh, Jesus, I'm going to maybe die here in Paris, France. And I don't want to. And then after I preached with interpreters, and I said, who wants to build, tell me your dream. I asked every, and then everybody, and our driver said, I want to build an orphanage in Madagascar. And I said, why didn't you build one yet? He said, I don't have the money. I said, yes, you have the money. What do you mean? I said, I've got a three-carat diamond ring in South Africa. I'm flying to America, and then I'm flying back to South Africa, and then I fly back to America, but I'll fly via Paris, France, and I'll bring you the three-carat diamond ring that you can sell it. And what he did, and on that same trip, the moment, now I don't know even why I'm on this topic, the moment when I gave him the ring, God prepared for us to build a place to help children and 
Today they speak in ninny houses that rescue. I'm just telling that for the information. How supernaturally I was in a meeting and how somebody starts shaking. I never tell people what I need. And they start shaking. And the next moment he jumped up, he said, I cannot take it anymore. God told me. That was phenomenal. It was a God thing. Because when whatever leaves your hand, <laughs> listen, will never leave your life. Because when I let go what's in my hand, God can let go what is in his hand, and you decide out of whose hand you're living. Does that help somebody? I don't know why I just said that. Maybe you face a challenge. This is not a time. He gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Don't eat the seed. Oh, my word, that just came out. Let me get into the word. Because that's all part of the nature and the character of Jesus. Now, Paul comes and he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, now the Spirit, verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He says, from bondage and freedom. And all of us, as with an unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into, we now, into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. <laughs> for he, this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. That is so profound this morning in this meeting that we can share that. In other words, the whole idea is that we will become more like Jesus and less of us. And this is the way that Paul described it. He said, because of the Spirit of the Lord. Now, now, Gustav, where does that start? By managing your mind. Your mind is the battlefield. Every thought that enters your mind is either going to bring joy or sadness. It's going to bring overcoming power or depression. It's going to bring faith or fear. It's going to let me see <laughs> where I'm heading or it's going to blur my vision. It's going to keep me focused or take me on derail and take me <laughs> on the wrong path. And that's not what God wants. The Spirit of the Lord only have a plan A. Many are the plans in a man's heart. But it's the purposes of God that will prevail. Now, that scripture is more powerful than what people really can imagine because they just read it and then just go on with their lives and with plans. As long as you live with plans, you will have to make adjustments. You will have this vacuum inside of you that are never filled and in your mind because you're not living the very purpose you were designed for. <laughs> the manufacturer or the inventor of a very simple, simple device, a screwdriver. What is the screwdriver there? There's a Phillips star and a flat. It's there to lock and unlock or put screws in and unlock screws. What do we use it? You use it as a chisel. You open a paint block, a paint block, a paint tin. <laughs> You, you use it in the garden to get the weeds out. 
You use what it was designed for in the wrong way. It's the same what the enemy wants. He knows your assignment, your plan, or God's purpose for your life that connects to the plan we need to live out. But he wants us to live our own plans. And as long as you base your life on plans, you will change husband, wives like you change underwear and relationships and you will change churches and careers and jobs and I'm not satisfied and you chase and chase. I've seen people chase, chase. they like a dog running after a train and when they catch the train, what do you do with the thing? While the Bible is simple, God saved you to use you. <laughs> For his glory. Now, we spoke last Sunday night on a few things, and uh, we said the mind of Christ, and let me just touch on that because Paul says we can have the mind of Christ. He says, 1 Corinthians 2 16, New Living Translation, we can understand these things, everything, all the revelations. Uh, he says, but we have. The mind of Christ. Say, I have the mind of Christ. I just need to activate it. I just need to live in it. Because the mind of Christ lives fearless. The mind of Christ doesn't live just haphazardly and are short-sighted and just live for today. The mind of Christ lives with God's intended plan. His original plan. You are destined for such greatness. That's why there's no big guns and small guns and superheroes in the kingdom. You are just here to fulfill and everybody's got the same calling. You were made a new creature in Christ. He gave every person on the face of the earth that are born again the greatest ministry. It's not your title. Your title is not your identity. The signs, wonders, and miracles is not your identity. What is the identity he gave us? To live out the ministry of reconciliation. To, in other words, to get people saved. Make disciples of them. That's your greatest ministry. We all love followers, and it's not, you know, people have so many, oh, I had 20,000, and that's what people tell me. Oh, I had so many views. Okay, that's wonderful. But the movie, uh, Titanic, <laughs> made billions. Why did it have more <laughs> viewers than yours? The reason is because you can never base on the viewers, it's whose life you are changed through what you hear. And that's where the difference come in. He made you a new creature. He gave you this powerful ministry. Now we say, no, that's the evangelist. No, that's for special people. No, that's for Benny Hinn. No, that's for Reynard Bonker. No, that's for Nicky Van Abes. No, 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 no. Read my lips. Penny Baloney, it's for you. The only things you take into eternity as people, not even the clothes you wear goes in whole into the grave or whatever. <laughs> Come on, people. Let's get real. We live sometimes in Lala Land. In 2008, when I was standing at the platform or on the pulpit in the Dutch Reformed Church there in Wellington, and they pushed the coffin in of our oldest son. There's four children. We had four children. Poor son. And they opened the coffin and I looked into that coffin. And I saw his face. 
I realize it's more in life. That's just sleeping, eating, drinking, go to the bathroom, and working and have money, much more. Life is real. And I made a vow that day. That's why I'm so excited about God. As long as there is opportunity and breath in my body, I will always love Jesus, love people, and be a demonstrator. Now, I'm not perfect. I do make many mistakes more than you. But demonstrate what Jesus' love is. Because I need to operate with the mind of Christ. Now this is very important. Because God created you. Put you on the face of the earth. For a purpose. You're not that screwdriver that's supposed to operate in the garden. Or open a tin can. Or be in a chisel. You're there to function under the unction. Now if 3.2 billion People can just do that. Let's say they're Christians. Think how we can change the world because you're called to be that world changer. And Paul says we have the mind of Christ. <laughs> and the book of Philippians, it says, in your lives you must think and act like Christ Jesus. Think and act like Christ Jesus. Wow. Now, there's 10 things, 10 characteristics of how my life will go, how I will display Jesus, how will it be when I think like Jesus. And it's completely different than selfish ambition, than just being in rebellion and I know better and I'll show you. And nobody can because, you know, there's a day that's going to come like Susan went and Tossie went and people went and that it's only you and God. There's no family member, no father, no husband, no wife, no brother, no sister with you. Only you and God to give account what did you do with your life. Now, let me get to the interesting things because number one, I know exactly who I am. I don't have an identity crisis. Am um, I a slave? Am I abused? Am I an orphan? Am I a prodigal? No, I know that I know who I am. Because Jesus knew who he was. He said numerous times, this 18 times, but let me just give you a few and just pick up where we, last Sunday night, he says, I am the bread of life. That's Jesus speaking now. He says, I am the light of the world. He says in, I am the good shepherd, John 10, 11. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. <laughs> John eleven twenty five. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life in John 14, 6. And then he says, I am the true vine in John 15, 1. And then he says, I'm the son of God. <laughs> Mark chapter 14, verse 61, 62. So, so you will know exactly who you are. You are a champion. You are a son and a daughter of God. You are an heir of God. You are victorious. You can make it. You are phenomenal. You are, my word, what the word says you are. When you know 
exactly who you are because in the whole vocabulary of Jesus was two things. Come, and I'll restore you, I'll make you whole, and then go and make disciples. That's come and go (laughs) and remain on that path. The second thing that will happen is I know God's purpose for my life. There's too many people that say, pray what's God's will. Meredith Hickey was at a big conference and they say, we are here to find out what God's will is. And then they ask her to say something. And she said, I have the word what God's will is exactly what he said, Jesus said, 2,000 years ago. (laughs) Repent, be baptized, go and make disciples, win the last for any cost. Change the world, hallelujah. Shake the business world. Be the best business person. Be the best doctor, the best lawyer, the best preacher, the best. And all of you are supposed to be preachers if you don't even stand behind the pulpit. Be the best. Because he said, my word in John 8, 14, NIV translation, I know where I came from and where I am going. You must know, you cannot live haphazardly. You cannot live in Afrikaans, we say, No! God wants you on the direct path. He wants to lead you by the Holy Spirit. Creation is not waiting for a superstar. It's waiting for you. Romans chapter 8 and verse 19. Creation is earnestly waiting like a woman who's giving birth to the revelation of the sons of God, the true sons and daughters, the true Christians, the true, true people. Come on, people. Then verse 14 says, who are they? Those who are led by the Holy Spirit, not the Holy Flesh, not emotions, not money, not what I think, not chasing after something to, to prove my... No, 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 no. I'm led by the Spirit of God. Because I know God's purpose for my life. What is his purpose? John 20, 21. <laughs> he was crucified, buried, he resurrected after three days. Now he appeared to the disciples and he says, Peace be unto you, just as my Father has sent me. I sent you. So we must qualify. What was he sent for? John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. So Jesus came to seek and save the lost. It's the lost that's on God's agenda. <laughs> you cannot go into eternity to live with Jesus without accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Well, I was born in a Christian family. Well, you can stay in a Mercedes-Benz garage. <laughs> that doesn't make you a Mercedes. <laughs> a, a rat can have babies in the garage where a Jaguar or a Rover or Rolls Royce are standing. That doesn't make the little rats Rolls Royces. They're still rats. <laughs> Same with us. It's through Jesus, through the new birth, that you become his son and his daughter. But you can only be his son and daughter if you are led by the Holy Spirit of God. God never leads to <laughs> in contradiction with his word. <laughs> 
Woo! I get so excited about that. Jesus, at the age of 12, he got lost and parents went back and found him. And he says in Luke 2, 49, King James Version, he said at the, he's 12 years old. He said, I must be about my father's business. Somebody said, my life mission is about my father's business. God's business. The principle this morning. If you look after God's business, God will look after your business. If you take care of God's house, God will take care of your house. If you take care of God's family, God will take care of your family. That's purpose. Well, God called me to be a doctor. No, that's part-time. Your full-time job is to be the representative of salt and light of God on the face of the earth. Your job just helps you to make a living and to, to earn and to go on and you can make millions and billions and God bless you and use it for his kingdom. But your real purpose in life is to live out God's dream. And uh, he said in John chapter 10, 10, my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. Jesus said, I came that you might have life, the Zoe of God, and have it in abundance. That's what your purpose, you will know, you will know that you know that you know that God, what is your purpose on the face of the earth, and it's global. To win the last, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus' last words, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. All power and authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. <laughs> but go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them, teach them until the end of the well, he didn't say it's a thing that stopped when the disciples died. People tried to be smart. I <laughs> said, yeah, you're smart, Alec. <laughs> you think you're actually stupid if you have that kind of mindset. Because God's plan is he wants to use you. Say, God wants to use me. Say it for yourself. With all your shortcomings, with all your mistakes, with all your faults, with every excuse, he still say, you're mine. I didn't need you, but I want you. Why? To show to the devil and his demons the power of God is in human body that can do mighty exploits for God on the face of the earth. Because it was through a human body that error came in Genesis chapter 3. And now God used the same avenue to display his power to display his glory, to display everything possible. Come on, people. Can somebody just say amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Number three, I am always aware that God is with me. There's a promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. John 16, 32. I am not alone because the Father is always with me. Say, God is with me. Paul says, don't you know that you are a temple of the Holy Ghost and that the Holy Ghost live inside of you? <laughs> um, Colossians says, the God that is in you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Woo! You are a majority. You are powerful. You're not defeated. You are an overcomer. You're God's champion in Jesus. Hallelujah. Luke 5, verse 15, 16. 
Jesus often slipped away to be alone so he could pray because he knew the power of prayer. Number four, now I'm running through it because I want to pick up on the ones that I didn't share last Sunday night. I let God help me choose my words. That's one I didn't share last week. <laughs> my word, because this is so powerful. God spoke to Jeremiah. He said, I laid my hands on your mouth and I put my words in your mouth. What comes out here is either death or life. And we need to choose. And God said, now I laid my words in your mouth. Because near you is the word. It's in your heart, in your mind, and in your mouth that you speak. And this is so powerful because John 12, 49, uh, it says, I have not spoken on my own. Instead, the Father who sent me tells me what I should say and how I should say it. Sometimes, most of the times, when you don't have the answers and you start communicating with people, suddenly wisdom comes out and you think, my word, where did that come from? God's word in your mouth. That's why the only thing I need to speak, not death, but life. Yes, you're going to make it. Yes, I understand where you are and you went through stuff and whatever, but it's not the parking place for you. Life is not a parking area. It's a go-on journey. Oh, my word. If you're weak, you're strong. Come on, somebody. I let God help me choose my words so that I can say the right words for the right situation, that I don't talk nonsense and get people sidetracked because this is so powerful. And the fifth thing, why I need and what will happen when I have the mind of Christ, I don't worry about pleasing every person on the face of the earth. You can please some people sometime. You cannot please all the people all the time. That's why you will see a separation is happening. People are separated from what is God and from what is a dogma or what is the devil's plan or what is somebody's con idea or what is somebody's scheme. It's the people. That's why you cannot allow negative people to be around you. Negative people, if you allow them to speak in your life, the wrong counseling can sidetrack you. I don't care if they sugarcoat it, if they put honey around it. In, inside of it lies a danger. You must listen. Please God and love everybody. But you cannot please everybody on the face of the earth. Because there are subtractors in your life that just take away. And the people are adding to your life. There's three things that the enemy will use to waste your time. The wrong person. If the devil wants to mess you up, he'll send you in the wrong relationships. He'll send you the wrong person in your life. When God wants to promote you, he'll also he send the right relationships and the right people in your life. The second thing is the wrong place. And it's the wrong conversations. That's what the enemy will waste your time. It's time wasting. We all have the same excuse. Why don't have time? It's actually another penny baloney because all of us has been given 24 hours. It's how you use your 24 hours a day that's going to determine how powerful you're going to be forward. 
come on, somebody. That's why I refuse to be a people pleaser. I am a servant of God that minister to people and help people and love people unconditionally, even those that don't love me. That's Jesus' instruction. And then number six, the six characteristics, if you think like Jesus, is I depend on God's power instead of my own. I am and was a workaholic at a time. Ministries, many people say, oh, I want to be a minister because they just work Sundays. No, <laughs> we work seven days a week, 24-7. The phone rings three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, and uh, I pick up the phone. Sometimes people in other countries forget what time zone we are in, and then they phone and say, hey, you t it sounds you take a nap. I said, no, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. Are you different then from our time? One lady asked me, that's how interesting the world is. Uh, 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 Brother Gustav, do you have Christmas the same time that we have it in America? <laughs> because we have snow here. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> 25th of December is in all the places of the world the same. Now, you see, this is how people... I depend on God's power. There's times, and I said it to somebody uh, this past week, that I had to sit with a family who lost, a lady who lost her husband. And I said, it's understandable. There will be times that you feel you're too weak to hold on to God. But I want to encourage you. God holds on to you. Your life can be like the aftermath of a Boeing 747 that was bombing the sky or whatever and all the wrecks and you feel my life is, I'm telling you, God holds on to you and to every piece because you have a promise. Learn from Gustav and my short journey with God. There's times I cannot depend on my own strength. You get tired, get weary out, you get depressed, you get anxiety. There's fear that tries to knock on your door. But when you do it in his strength and his ability, people say, how do you do these things that you people are doing? Gustav, you must, I said, no, not Gustav. It's him through us and it's the team guy. God gave me the most phenomenal people around me. And that's what helps us to build on God's assignment to impact the world, to feed thousands of people. We've impacted in this 30, now it's 40, 30 years ago, we impacted more than 9 million people's lives. It's much more now. All the feeding every week. Where does the stuff come from? without having services. Yes, we have services and uh, 50 people. And, uh, but man, to run this great assignment of God, it's a mega church, <laughs> a mega organization, cost hundreds and hundreds of thousands. But God, if you ask me how, I, I don't know, it's God. I can only tell you it's God because I follow the principles by the grace of God. John 5, 5, verse 19. 
I assure you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father is doing. Draw from the inner strength of God. Now, I don't speak to God different than I speak to you in a different voice, tone voice. I speak to God plain. I said, God, I, I'm tired. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I know if you don't help me, I'm in trouble. <laughs> but I know God always helps us. The Holy Spirit is the helper. <laughs> the next one is so phenomenal. Number seven. I forgive my enemies and those who hurt me. You can pray, but if you have unforgiveness in your heart and bitterness and you're judgmental, God cannot answer that prayer. It will be hindered. Not by God, but the forces of darkness. Jesus said, when you pray, forgive, so that your Father in heaven can forgive you and hear your prayer. Mark chapter 11, you can read 22, 23, 24. You must forgive. Now, Jesus hang on the cross. Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them. Blood streaming down. He was crucified innocent. A thorn, crown of thorns on his head. Listen what he prayed. Because if you're angry and people do wrong, I can tell you stories. <laughs> when I look down the barrel of a pistol and the man wants to shoot me, demon pull, pull a pistol. I had to pray this prayer. <laughs> and after the incident that somebody jumped on him and the <laughs> I still had to love him. Oh my word, when I was poisoned in Korea, now, my life sounds like a Hollywood movie. I still had to love the people. When the people stole the money that was billed for or donated for the school and I had to start the school with zero, nothing. I still had to love them. Why? I cannot drink the poison, hope they die. Because I understand how it is to be angry to be angry even with God. I understand that. If you tell me good stuff, I understand that completely. Not that I'm all known because I had to live life and I'm still living in a real life. Because people say, it sounds you're living in a cloud nine. No, the cloud nine is I have the mind of Christ and I. it's a daily choice Ooh. to have the mind of Christ. Come on, somebody. Jesus said, Matthew 5, 44, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those which despitefully use you or persecute you. Wow. That was Jesus. And now somebody said, I'm not Jesus. <laughs> I understand what you mean. It's because you allow your own emotions and your own feelings. And, you know, we have an outlet and that's crying and let go. But Jesus said, if you do this, you will not be hand over to tormentors. He said, if you don't forgive out of your heart, he said, you will be hand over to tormentors. That's Jesus' words. And you don't want to be. You want to walk in freedom and liberty. The enemy have no foothold. He doesn't have a gap in the door to put his finger in. The hedge of protection is around you. 
because you have the mind of Christ. Oh, my word. And number eight, I'm willing to sacrifice for others. How do I know that somebody loves God and they have the mind of Christ? They're generous. They first think about God and his kingdom before they think about themselves. They live unselfish lives because Jesus said in John chapter 10, 14, 15, he says, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. That's what ministry is about, not to have bodyguards and guns and chauffeurs. I can have all of that and it doesn't I have the greatest bodyguards, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we go in remote areas. Lanzel told me the week where she was. I said, oh, Jesus. It's only Jesus that can protect us where we move and go. Come on, somebody. Jesus said, I lay down my life. He who lay down his life will get it <laughs> for the kingdom's sake. But he who tries to save his life, he will lose it. Jesus' wise words. He says in Mark chapter 10, 45, I came here not to be served, but to serve others. His life, oh my word, to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. That's why you hear me say, you are the key for somebody's door. God wants to use you to unlock the potential, the ability that somebody can go into greatness. You are the solution for somebody's condition. God's not going to use angels to let it happen. You're the person that God wants to use you. <laughs> so that greatness, I, Gustav, by the grace of God, believe in people. Where other people and other churches and other ministers give up and say bad things. I believe in you. I believe you can. I have many, many messages and say, and people that's in ministry today in the UK and US and Africa and wherever they say thank you. When nobody believed in me, you believed in me. Then I say, because there was a day in my life that somebody believed in me, I understand. Now, this is the thing. I'm generous. When uh, nobody needs to ask me to be a giver in the kingdom and to help with the poor. I am generous, my nature. David says, I will not bring unto my God a sacrifice if he doesn't cost me a price. I gave myself out of poverty. I hate poverty. I hate the spirit of poverty. I hate the mentality of poverty. I'm not saying be wasteful. No, no, uh, I'm a recycler. But I believe... You must be generous because generosity is about honor. People say, oh, the ties and the money. It's got nothing to do with it. It's got nothing to do. It's got to do if I honor God with my first fruits and with my income. Then God will open the storehouse that I will not have enough room. Then it happened after I honor God. He says, how do you bring sacrifices to me? But they cripple and they terrible. And they blind in the book of Malachi chapter 1. He said, you sacrifice to the idols, to your, your hobbies and to your desires. Great sacrifices. And then you, you to sacrifice all the best there. 
<laughs> then you want to bring me the lame and the crippled and the rejected. The Lord said, that's not what I want to be honored. That's God. It's not, it's, it's giving and feeding the, what we all do. It's honoring God. Honoring God. That's what it's about. If I am your father, where is my honor? Woo, that's going to open a lot of can of worms today. And people send me all these negative, you think, no, no, no. If only one person get holds of it, maybe there's somebody there. You in such a state. This is the key word. Generosity. Because I am willing to sacrifice for others. I'm generous. <laughs> a lot of people say, yeah, but the economy, the time we're living, I have to be a yeah, yeah. You can do that. The widow of Zarephath in 1 Kings 7 had the same mentality. And she stood between choice and risk. The choice is I can eat it, bake my son and myself a cake, eat it and we can die. Or I can take the risk of the word of God. And when she took the risk, supernaturally, an oil well comes in her kitchen in the grain mill. And she never had lack and she fed the multitudes. <laughs> the next one, number nine. I want to do God's will and not mine. It's high priority when I have the mind of Christ. How quick do I know somebody's not doing God's will? They do their own will. They think. They, they, they think that, no, no, I want to do God's will. In John 6, 38, and for time's sake, I'm running through. I came to, the, to do what God wants me to do, not what I want to. It's Jesus, your perfect model. You need to follow the model. In John 14, 31, I want the world to know that I love the Father and that is why I do everything exactly as the Father tells me to do. Wow. God wants you to do as his will, the Father's will. Don't miss tonight, six o'clock, I'm going to bring the, 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 the cracks of this thing and the punching line that will put you, catapult you in dimensions to do mighty works for God. He said in Mark 14, 36, Abba Father, everything is possible for you. He says, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Say, let your will be done. Here I am. And after the year I am, I need to have the mind of Christ that, uh, the, uh, that this thing will not be torpedo or sink or I get astray because that I will stay, that I will not drift. Satan's plan is that you will drift away from the truth. And how do they say, how did the government say, well, we take over the nation like a frog. You boil him. You don't throw him in hot boiling water. You put him in cold water and heat the water up slowly. That's what Satan tries with a lot of Christians. They were on fire. Paul says, how's it that you start in the spirit, but you end in the flesh? Because the water that they put you in, you were on track with God. And then it boils up to something. Don't do it. Stay on track. Have the mind of Christ. Think as Jesus think. <laughs> Let his will be done. And Philippians 2, 8, 9. Jesus humbled himself and was fully obedient to God, even when that caused his death on a cross. So God exalted him and raised him up to the highest place and made his name greater than any or every other name. If you humble yourself, God will exalt you. 
And the tenth one, I think with an eternal perspective. I don't just think about the earth. I don't just think about here. We have seen it and so many thousands of people died of diseases and COVID and cancer and murders and accidents. And, and then you realize there's more in life than just living or existing. I need to live my life with a purpose. Because I said, let your will be done, here I am. And I live my life because Hebrews chapter 12 to 8 is powerful. It says Jesus was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy he knew would be his afterward. Now he is seated in the place of highest honor beside God's throne in heaven. Wow. Don't live just for here. Live for there. The only thing you take into eternity is people, not money, not fame. Dr. Pete Kurnoff was for years in this church as an acting president. He preached for me. Some of you don't even know. That's years ago in the 80s and in the 90s. And uh, oh my word, and the day when we buried him, we were a handful of people in Cape Town. A handful. I say if there was 30 people, there was a lot. And I think he was the acting president, the ambassador to Washington, D.C., he was highly official. He did negotiations for South Africa. It shows you when you die, you only take people with. No money, no fame, no nothing. That's why you have a phenomenal life. Live life to the fullness while you're here. Impact the world. Now the question is this morning, and this is the closing point. I'm earlier than last Sunday. Gustav how do I develop the mind of Christ? You must study the word daily. You must declare the word of God daily. You must operate in faith daily. Make It starts with a decision. I'm going to manage my mind, otherwise my mind will manage me. You know, this is how we do. You make choices in life. Have you ever made a choice? Yes, you did. And now the choices make you. That's the power of choice. That's what God gave you. Animals have instinct. They cannot remember a thousand years ago and ten. But we can remember 30 and 40 and your childhood days and you're 60 now. And you can remember what the Bible says. Animals respond immediately with instinct. But God gave you a mind to manage, to think. Romans 12, 1 and 2, renew your mind, change your mind so that you can know the good, the acceptable, perfect. That's the only will that carries the guarantee, that guarantee your success, that guarantee your prosperity, that guarantee you will work the works of Jesus and greater, that guarantee your significance on the face of the earth because you were never called just to get old and die or just live and die. You were called to impact the world. Sean Connery is turning 90 years of age now, this year. And I was there. Me and Gary were there. Sat there and visit with Sean Connery, James Bond 007, and I sat there. He cursed like a sailor. Every second word is blankety blank. And he used the F word. That's not family or friends. That's, I said, oh, Jesus. I sat there in the Bahamas. I said, it's the most bombs I've heard. And then the, the guy, he was the ambassador of uh, one of the countries, and he said, oh, he's so successful and wah-wah. 
And I heard the Lord said, yes, he's, not, he's successful in the natural, but he was never significant. He was driven by hatred for the Queen of England and uh, still, and he wants Scotland independent and all these stories. Now, that's not political. That's things that I have experienced. And, I, and the Lord said, with all his billions, he never impacted a life for the kingdom for eternity. That's the sad thing. He's in survival mode. Or he just exists. All of us have that opportunity. But by managing your mind, you manage your life. By be like Jesus and operate like him. What an honor. I didn't share this word just to... That's part of the series of let thy kingdom come. Here I am. Every person that ever said here I am had a greatest experience... And God used them in a dimension they would never be used before. This morning, if you are that person that says the mind of Christ is my portion, I make a quality decision. If you are a sinner or a backslider or you are a serving God, you need to make this choice every day of your life. I'm going to have the mind of Christ and then do it. Because why? Romans chapter 8, creation is waiting on you. They're not waiting on the Antichrist. They're not waiting on a soup. The, the world outside don't understand the 666 things and the chip. And they think it's just part of life to get to a moneyless system. No, we as Christians are in that. And now we want to preach. But listen, those three spirits will try to seduce, self-gain, for you to rebel against the mind of Christ. And it comes by the power of influence. Protect your mind. Protect your life. Live for God with everything. Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I've heard the word this morning. And I'm at this point. Like I have seen Father on Wednesday and Thursday. How people at a graveside pray the sinner's prayer. And gave their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this morning for every viewer, every hearer, every listener, every person. We, Lord, we know we can only hear and not do. And then the Bible says we deceive ourselves, but we want to hear that everybody that listened this morning, that hear this word, say this morning, God, I am hearing and now I'm doing. <laughs> Jesus, I love you. If you sinners say, forgive me my sin, wash me in the blood, cleanse me, Lord. And I thank you for putting my name in the book of life because I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord of all over my life. Lord over everything I have ever will be or ever will possess in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. Now that you have the mind of Christ, what does Christ think? Healing and health. Lord, I can walk in complete health. By your stripes I've been made whole in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus, you gave your blood. You took your sickness upon, my sickness upon you, so that I can be healed. Hallelujah. Start moving that body and say, by his stripes, he has made me whole in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Because I have the mind of Christ, I'm a generous Lord. I'm a giver. I, I, I lay my life down. Your kingdom and your work on the face of the earth will never have lack because if I take care of your business and that's what I'm doing right now you will take care of my business and who can be a better senior partner in my business than God
God himself. I'm doing business with God this morning. Hallelujah. That's why I will be prosperous. I will be blessed. Everything my hands touch will be blessed. Even in the lockdown, even in the economy time, even in restrictions, God will prosper you in the mighty name of Jesus and have an eternal purpose. Say, me and my house will serve the Lord. We're going to serve Lord. Every child of mine will serve God. Every whatever will come to repentance and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They will stand out and not blend in because of Jesus. We love you. Thank you for the opportunity to visit with you. This morning at 10.30, there's a broadcast on Grace Cake. And tonight, 6 p.m., we live broadcast again. I am Gustav de Toy from Loftal International in the Western Cape of South Africa. And from our home to your home, we love you. Have the mind of Christ and manage your mind until tonight at 6 p.m. Central Africa time. God bless you.